0: This time on the Internet Computer Weekly, we're joined by Stephen Andrews of Tonic Labs. Tonic Labs is behind the Stoic Wallet and also Rise of the Magni, an online board game. Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me here, Arthur. It's been an interesting few weeks in the world of the Internet Computer. You know, I love being part of it. And yeah, thanks again for having me on.
0: (laughs) No worries at all, man. So what brought you to the internet computer? You're the only New Zealander I'm aware of who's this involved. It's pretty awesome.
1: I've been interested in blockchain technology for a number of years now, developing on other blockchains as well. It's mostly the reverse gas model that the IC implements and the ability to host a smart canister directly on chain that can serve HTTP is just amazing. It's the way things have to move if we want to adopt more users and grow. The general user base. And, you know, that should be the goal of all blockchain developers at this point.
0: Where were you and Tonic Labs before you came to the internet computer?
1: So we did some development. Me and my co founder, Mac, we did some work over in the Tezos ecosystem. We transitioned to doing some private work with companies who wanted to build on various blockchains. And then it was was this year when me and my co founder wanted to pursue this game idea that we've had for a few years now that I started looking for a platform and came across the IC. I first heard of Divinity a few years ago but seeing the progress that had been made between then and earlier this year when I started looking I was just amazed and we just decided to get moving on developing and getting this game running so I guess that's kind of our journey to where we are now.
0: Right, and so we're talking about Rise of the Magni, which is live right now. I was just playing the training setup of the game before we got on this call, just to take a look. And it's actually bloody fun. You entered it into the Discover game hackathon.
1: Yeah, that's right. We kind of already had all the designs working. We had a basic demo that was off-chain working. But for the Discover hackathon, I decided that we'd rebuild the whole thing to run within a smart canister. So all of the network code between players, all of the scoring, all of the AI moves, the process, all within a smart canister. So it's pretty amazing technology.
0: Wow, yeah. So you're actually running the game engine on the internet computer.
1: Yeah, that's right. So the current Rise of the Magni app that's available is pretty much just a front end. Everything goes through our smart canister, which processes all of the user input. It does all the work. So. We're really proud of what we did for the hackathon. You know, it took us a few weeks to get that ready and working in time for the deadline, but it means we can do so much with having the result of a game processed directly on chain. You know, things like bidding becomes easier to do without needing an oracle. You know, like if there was a bidding smart canister on the IC, they can rely directly on a result that could be pulled from our game canister. No need for a third party oracle. To to report back the results of the game
0: yeah right i suppose i was just thinking about how marvel said it is that you can actually run a game on the internet computer on essentially a blockchain but because you don't have this kind of trust membrane between these two different environments you can just plug it directly into betting and i suppose this is a pattern that we'll see happen with subsequent games as well
1: yeah, I think it's a big advantage of blockchain technology in general, and I don't think it's really been done outside of what we've done on the IC. You know, we're looking to run a few casual eSporting tournaments this month and next month, so we're pretty sure it's the first kind of example of eSporting run directly on a blockchain, so it's pretty exciting stuff.
0: And you also made the Stoic Wallet. Was this kind of on the path to Rise of the Magni, or was this just a separate thing that you saw the ecosystem needed and you thought you'd just smash out?
1: (laughs) Because Rise of the Magni, we are leaning towards each piece being an NFT. We kind of developed a private wallet for us to use for the time being, just during the development phase. But we saw that there wasn't really any other wallets available on the instant computer at that time. So we just started releasing it as a public open source project. Um, We put a bit more work into it. We tidied up the user interface, and it's kind of grown legs of its own. And um, we then integrated a marketplace directly into it. And then we've kind of spun off that marketplace into its own separate project as well now. So, yeah, we just find that things in the IC ecosystem tend to kind of, you know, take shape on their own and start... um, ballooning out and becoming bigger projects than were first intended.
0: Right, much bigger, because I guess the way that you tell a story, I can't imagine that you had the idea that you would be selling $350,000 worth of NFTs.
1: Yeah, it's crazy stuff. And even the fact that we're getting a ton of artists wanting to work with us and start listing their creations on a marketplace as well is just overwhelming especially since the thing they got us developing on the IC was this game. <laughs> but yeah, I think as the projects grow, we can start expanding our team and bringing more people on to help. We'll be able to start hopefully uh, you know, managing these separate projects and keep them contained as they start to grow on their own.
0: It sounds like Tonic Labs is really going to wind up ballooning into a pretty significant force for building in the internet computer ecosystem.
1: I guess that wasn't the original intention. Like I said, we joined this ecosystem to build our game. But, you know, we're happy to make relationships with other teams and try and get some assistance with some of these projects and just build our team out to be a bit more resilient to, you know, future changes and things like that. So, you know, growth is always good. We're looking forward to where things start moving in the future. But yeah, our passion is still getting this game going and working on ensuring these other projects are being kept up to date and maintained.
0: What is your kind of thesis for the future of gaming, apart from just betting? Gaming, NFTs, and the entire internet computer ecosystem?
1: I think gaming has quite a lot in common with the general goals of decentralization. I really see a future where Any kind of game item becomes its own NFT, and NFTs can become things on their own that can own other NFTs. And we really see, you know, a player playing a game like, you know, an adventure game. A sword might be represented as an NFT, and their user inventory is essentially like a wallet. And you know, when you're trading between different players in game, it's the same as making an atomic swap or an exchange with traditional kind of NFTs. So we kind of want to see a world where all games are kind of interconnected. We have this idea of having a shared gaming currency where various games all use a single kind of token as an in-game currency. And in one game, you may have to solve puzzles to be rewarded this currency. In another game, it might be you know, completing chapters of a story or beating enemies. And I think what could be cool is using this type of shared currency to manage the whole play-to-earn ecosystem. There's a big issue where a lot of games can be ruined by the play-to-earn concept, where a lot of people just playing the game to make an income and are actually ruining it for the players who are just there to kind of enjoy the game. So by using like a shared currency and then setting up like a DAO behind the scenes that can manage how much a game can reward a certain player Completing a certain task with differing amounts of this currency, and it can kind of auto adjust based on demand and supply. And the idea would be that this DAO would shift these player to earn players around all these different games so that all the ecosystems benefit from having that extra exposure and that extra number of players using the game. But then it also mitigates against too many people just playing it to make an income.
0: Right, because that totally crushes individual games because you've got a whole bunch of people there. They're participating in this purely economic or purely financial matter. They're not enjoying the full richness of the content that's been created and the interactions that might take place.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we still see that as a resource that could be used on its own with a single game. Like you say, it can really destroy the game, but it does really help the developers by having that extra set of players playing the game. But being able to share that resource around multiple different games balancing it out so a game is never overused by a single group of play to earners, I think is a real cool mechanism that we can do on chain using like a DAO behind the scenes that can, you know, see which games are generating too much of this token and auto adjust how much is being rewarded for those tasks and maybe increase it in a different game to get these play to earners to move around.
0: Because the -the play-to-earners aren't actually missing out on anything, they're just having to go play a different game. I mean, I suppose they have to put in the cognitive work to learn how to play the game, but strategies are figured out really rapidly normally. You'd assume they probably already exist. By the time one game has become tapped out, there's always going to be other places to go. In the hypothetical that you've got a single, consistent volume of currency being produced all the time, you'd presume that's just going to go to another game if rewards are being reduced in one?
1: Yeah, I think because these play-to-earners are totally based on economic incentive, you know, you make it not economically viable to continue playing one game. They'll end up either learning another game or just pursue some other type of venture for the time being. It's similar to, like, the old mining setups where they'll jump between the different chains based on which one would generate the most revenue at the time based on, you know, the price of the given currency and the hash rate of their machines and the difficulty of the chain. So it's similar to that. One of the analogies that we like to use is what happened with graphics cards in general. Like everyone, all these miners started buying up a ton of graphics cards and it was good for the producers of these cards because they had the revenue to be able to really develop the technology and come out with these real top of the line cards. But normal users who just want to play games can never get these graphics cards because, you know, all the miners are just picking them up and using them. So it's the same. We don't want to ruin a game's ecosystem in that way. So like I said, setting up this decentralized organization that runs on chain behind the scenes to kind of auto adjust these values, I think could be a really cool use case and something that we really want to try and help move toward in the gaming industry and with blockchain technology.
0: Do you think there'll be issues with the kind of pipe driven get get-rich-quick, you know, we want to have our own currency so that we can capture all the value of this game and we don't want to share kind of attitude that might come from some game designers?
1: To be honest, I don't really have kind of an answer to how that could be tackled right now. And I'm sure that people always come up with ways to kind of ruin a system. And a lot of these ways we probably can't even think of right now until Something like this were to be developed and released, there's always going to be kind of issues like that. And the best we can do is kind of try to see them and try to come up with ways around them. You know, I'm not almost saying this is going to be the perfect kind of way to deal with how to prevent play to earn kind of ecosystems from being ruined by the economically incentivized individuals. But doing something to move towards kind of mitigating against that is what we want to try and start.
0: Interesting. I can see how kind of at the end of the day, these flash-in-the-pan games like Axie Infinity, for example, feels real flash-in-the-pan, right? Like there's so much enthusiasm behind it. But it's like people playing this because they enjoy the game or because they are trying to earn a whole bunch of money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I kind of want to move away. I really hope Rise of the Magni doesn't become like that We developed it because we really wanted to come up with a strategy game that could actually be used in like a tournament format that's also fun to play and fun to build. But yeah, it could happen. And like I said, there's bound to be plenty of developers out there who, you know, when they go to build a game, their intention is to kind of create an ecosystem like Axie Infinity. But yeah, I think if we can help out the game developers and the game designers who actually want to build something to be played and to actually be enjoyed. That's really cool.
0: Can you describe what it is like to play Rise of the Magni?
1: There's some examples of old school games that are similar. There's a mini game inside another video game called Final Fantasy IX that I used to play as a kid. And they had a game, the mini game was like a card game called Triple Triad, I think. It's essentially similar to that where you place a tile on a board and each has like a value. And with Rise of the Magni, the shape of the tile is actually a hexagon. So each Magni or tile has six edges. And the idea is that every time you place a piece, you want any edge that's facing an opponent's edge to have a higher value number so that you score a point for that edge. And then also, if you can connect three of your Magni together, you score a point for the corner that's connected between them. So that's essentially the basics of the game. And the idea is to play pieces against another opponent, and the person with the most points at the end of the game is the winner. So it's pretty basic. We want to hopefully add some other elements to it in future, I like being able to upgrade your pieces and things like that, and even, like, elements. You know, one of the hexes on the board could be, like, a water hex, similar to, like, Settlers of Catan, and the Magni that's up better in the water would get, like, a bonus from it, things like that. But yeah, it's pretty much just a two-player strategy-based tile placement game.
0: It's funny, the way you put it is it's simple on the surface, but playing it, you can tell there's actually quite a lot of deep strategy that you could get into.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's cool being part of like the player community at the moment, because as a developer of the game, I kind of came up with a strategy that I thought was a really good strategy. But some of the ones that other players are coming out with, it's just crazy, like, There's a number of players that are rated way higher than I am. And yeah, I just can't seem to beat them. They've just got these different ways and they're trialing out different kind of team compositions, which is really cool. And yeah, it's always fun. There's always like a game available whenever I load it up to play every now now and then during the day.
0: How many players do you have?
1: I'll just quickly look that up. There's 1,200 registered players at the moment. And there's been over 7,000 games played. And I think this is maybe three and a half weeks old. So I think we're doing pretty well. We haven't really released too many updates since we first announced it. But yeah, we've got a tournament coming up later this month. Uh, We've had 80 people show interest in participating. And we've got a current prize pool of 40 ICP up for grabs. So yeah, it's going to be really fun.
0: Awesome. Can you tell us about Chronic?
1: Product started as like an experiment. We just wanted to trial out our NFT token just to see how it worked. And we did an airdrop with our fungible token a few weeks prior, but we noticed that someone had built like a script that just kept siphoning off from our faucet. So we wanted to try and get more people owning these NFTs. And we thought the only way we could really do that is, you know, they had to actually pay something to be able to receive an airdrop just because we wanted more exposure than, you know, the 10 people that drained our faucet. <laughs> We've put a 0.2 ICP donation up where, you know, you just donated that and then you get airdropped one of these NFTs. And yeah, we're just amazed. We sold out within two days. That project on its own has kind of taken off and we're coming up with some new and cool ideas with how we want to work with NFTs. So chronics are a little kind of pets, I guess, that are similar to CryptoKitties and we plan to also release accessories for these as well and the idea is that the accessory is a separate nft and you can actually send that nft to a chronic nft and then the chronic nft would own it on behalf of the owner of the nft if that makes sense
0: yeah you mentioned this earlier it's almost like the fiction of personhood right
1: yeah (laughs) i think it's real cool you know nfts owning tokens and eventually we kind of want to do that anyway with other stuff but yeah. So you could actually send your chronic like a hat and then it will automatically update the SVG image of it hosted on the internet computer with the hat that you just sent it and things like that, which I think are really cool. You can always take the hat off it if you own it. And if you sold it with the hat, you'd sell the, the hat NFT with the chronic as well. So it's kind of like you can send it tons of stuff, sell it with all that stuff on it. And you know, the person buying it can kind of see all the different NFTs that they're going to get with the deal. So. There's quite a lot of interesting things that we want to do with it as well, but it's a balancing act between working on that and some of these other projects that we've got as well.
0: You've got on your website the Exponent Exchange. Does that tie into the NFT side of things?
1: Yes. Exponent's kind of the platform that we wanted to build, similar to engine.io that runs on Ethereum at the moment. And we kind of had the vision of building that to then build Rise of Magni on top of that platform, you know, being a gaming NFT platform. So yeah, that kind of runs underneath most of our projects. It powers the token standard that we're using. It powers the exchange protocol that we've developed. So with the marketplace and in future with token DEXs as well. And yeah, in future, we're going to actually set up an interface where people can mint various different tokens directly through the Exponent platform. Yeah, so it's behind the scenes where it does most of the heavy lifting for our various projects. Not many people know about it, but yeah, it's kind of got a place in all these projects.
0: Would you consider opening that up for other projects to use?
1: Yeah, it's actually all open source at the moment. I think the only thing it's missing is documentation. We actually received funding from... The DFINITY Foundation to build out the first kind of initial parts of Exponent. And obviously, I left the documentation for the last milestone. So um, (laughs) that's to come. But yeah, documentation and tooling is the next on the list. And there's already been other developers who've built some documentation and and tools for us, which is really cool. But yeah, so people that want to sink their teeth into this stuff can look forward to some of that coming out in the next month.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Stephen. This has been awesome. We're building on the internet computer in New Zealand and the fact that you're doing so much awesome stuff, I'm feeling a little bit patriotic.
1: Yeah, (laughs) nice. It's pretty cool having a follow Kiwi in this space as well. Yeah, we should definitely try and get a conference in New Zealand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we could just start with like a conference of two or three and then move (laughs) from there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Conference at the pub.
0: Yeah. Before we go, where can people find out more about Tonic Labs?
1: You can follow us on Twitter at Tonic Labs or on our website. We don't have much of a social presence. We are on Telegram. We've got a chronic group and a rise of the Magni group. And we're looking at setting up a Discord channel as well. But the best way is just to kind of check our website out. It's got most of the links to all of that there.
0: Awesome. Cheers, mate. I'll catch you in person before too long.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cheers.
0: The Internet Computer Weekly has a sister newsletter featuring news, project updates, interesting tidbits and reading that come up over the course of the week. Together they are part of a larger effort at ecosystem building we are calling the DAO. CycleDAO. Visit CycleDAO.xyz to subscribe and learn more.